0: Mothers, other mothers would say to your mom, they would say, "How can you allow your daughters to do uh, this and that, whatever?" <laughs> and and your mom always had the same answer. She
1: can do it anyway.
0: No. What? Well, that's no, what she would. Say. No, what? No, no. Your mom would say, "Until our daughters give us a reason not to trust them, we will always trust them." they're 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 smart girls we can tell they're they're sometimes you can tell you can pick up that one of your children is not too not too <laughs> smart so you gotta you know you have to bend the rules a little but uh, for the most part you girls are smart and we always trusted you you never gave us any reason to not trust you it was a, just a simple matter of trust
1: Are you ready? Let's create your dream life. Hi, gals, and welcome back to another episode of the Get Up Girl. I am chomping at the bit. I am so excited for this episode to come out. It is a two-part series interview with my dad. I cannot tell you how long I have been asking him to be on this podcast or to be on a YouTube channel with me, something, because he is so incredibly smart and articulate. And he has these views of life that are just so different from your quote unquote typical father. And I wanted to share it with the world. I wanted to share what kind of father I had and how that brought me up as a woman, as a business owner, how I feel like I'm, I'm a little different than, than other women out there. And so we have this conversation and you know, it took a long time because I want to start a YouTube channel with him where he and I sit down, have a beer and we just talk, literally just talk about whatever's in his head. He and I have these conversations all the time. And to be a fly on the wall, I'm like, oh my God, I wish this was on camera. I'm like, dad, stop talking. This is so good. I wish this was on camera. (laughs) Because sometimes the magic that comes out of his mouth is like, oh, we can't recreate that, right? Like he needs a reality show or something just because of the information that he knows. So a little background about my dad. Please note that he has zero judgment about anything that he says. It might sound like he does. It might sound like there's charge behind it, but there's actually zero judgment. That is his superpower. Nothing bothers him. Meaning like... Uh, he doesn't get offended, right? But he'll have an opinion, but without a judgment. I know sometimes our logical brains go, well, I don't get the difference. Okay, but that's something we could talk about on another show for the Get Up Girl. How to have an opinion without judgment, without charge behind it. And we talk about the way he was raised, uh, how it is to raise me or a girl and my sister, not ever having girls around him. Uh, We talk about religion We talk about faith, we talk about sex, and we talk about, gosh, all kinds of stuff. I mean, I don't even want to go there. I want you to listen to it, yet I want to preface this interview so that you don't Um, take it with a grain of salt, anything he says, because I'm listening to it already knowing him for so many years. So I want to preface it. So you start to get to know him and go, Oh, that's interesting. Okay. So it's just another point of view. It's completely different. And the reason I wanted to do this interview is because I have some friends that ask me like, Oh my gosh, interview your father. I want to know what it's like, like to raise women or how was your dad? Because I'll tell stories and go, oh my gosh, my dad would never do that. And I'm like, that's all I know. And so I wanted to share a different point of view for fathers out there listening, for mothers out there listening, if you're raising a child and how you can raise them. So we also talk about that, how to raise children and what his point of view is on that. And so here we go for part One, interview with my dad, John Vargas, and part two will come out this Wednesday. So look out for that. If you enjoyed this interview, please DM me, screenshot it. Let me know your takeaway on Instagram at Joanna Vargas Official, and let me know if you want more. Because, side note, I think he really enjoyed it and he went home and thought about more things to talk about. So I think he wants to keep going. Let me know if you want more. And, you know, we won't make them as long as we did today. But here you go, part one with my dad. Hey, gals, and welcome back to another episode of The Get Up Girl. You are in for a treat because today I'm live. On Instagram and in the studio with my dad. And I have a few friends that have asked me to interview him. And because, look at his face, he looks so excited if you could see his face right now. <laughs> I have been asking him for months and months to do a YouTube video with me. And so, but he's agreed to a podcast after months and months of asking, even before the quarantine. So he said yes. So he's here a little. Uh, reluctantly. And I told him to get a beer as well, but I think he's totally sober. So we're going to get the sober answers. Dad, are you excited? Are you ready? I'm ecstatic.
0: This is just awesome. I want to thank you for inviting me.
1: Yeah? You're really excited?
0: Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> That's an excited face. Just as much as Salome. Salome works on the team, too, and I say her excited face is, is really serious. But you have to use an SAT word, Dad, because people got to get to know you. So you're pretty much a big nerd. Give us a great SAT word to explain how you feel right now. Okay, this is uh, live air. <laughs>
0: yeah, really. Okay. Uh, you want an SAT word? Oh, had I known, I would have... Uh, well, let's see... Uh, uh, I feel salubrious.
1: Salubrious.
0: Salubrious.
1: The reason I ask you this is because you are very, very smart and you know like so many things and I want people to get to know who you are and what kind of dad I had because a lot of people ask me like, well, how the heck do you think like this? I'm like, it's because a lot of it has to do with my dad. So we're going to start with some rapid fire questions just so people can get to know you. And so first question is, where were you born?
0: East Los Angeles, Boyle Heights.
1: And where did you grow up?
0: East Los Angeles, Boyle Heights.
1: Yeah. So, what street? If people are familiar with Los Angeles mm-hmm. and East L.A., mm-hmm. East L.A. is was like a harder. You all right. Yeah, it was pretty uh, tough, especially back in the you know fifties. Mm-hmm. But what street did you grow up on?
0: When I was very young, when I first came home from the from the hospital, we lived over on Rowan Avenue, Michigan and Rowan. Mm-hmm. It's uh, just down the street from. Uh, Belvedere Elementary School. Uh, the streetcar used to run up and down Rowan. It went down all the way First Street, all the way. There up was downtown. a
1: streetcar in East LA. Yes,
0: really? all over the city. I didn't know that. We had streetcars all over the like city.
1: San Francisco streetcars.
0: Well, there were a different style. You didn't jump on like that. They yeah. Didn't, yeah, but there was a streetcar regular. Okay. Yeah, we had. They were electric. Uh huh. I- they were ran all over the city. Most people don't realize we used to have a subway in Los Angeles, and they eliminated the subway.
1: Which is just closed now, right? That's not the one that they redid.
0: Right. Yeah. There was a subway way back in the 1930s and 40s. There was a subway, but they eliminated it. Mm-hmm. The uh, auto industry was so strong back in those days, they, they wanted to get rid of all that public transportation, and they wanted you into their big gas-guzzling vehicles, Mm-hmm. And the public obliged them. Mm-hmm. I remember as a young boy in the 1950s, there was a, um, we, we had to vote. There was a, a proposition uh, proposed and uh, we wanted to build a new subway in Los Angeles, an underground subway. This was in the 50s. Kay. They scared the living heck out of uh, the voters and told them the auto industry did this. They scared them and spent a lot of money in telling them if you do that, they're going to raise your property tax, and you're going to lose your homes. All of you will lose your homes if we build a subway right now. Now, mind you, we could have had here in the Los Angeles area a subway years ago, but the public they were afraid of losing their homes through property taxes because that's what they were told by the auto industry would
1: have been so different today oh that, right? well
0: the, those those tunnels would have been built at one one tenth the cost way back then yeah. But uh, uh, we also had streetcars. They were—they ran all over. The streetcars mm-hmm. ran all over, and uh, the one into East Los Angeles used to come down First Street all the way into East Los Angeles, and then it would hang a left on Rowan Avenue and go down a few blocks. Mm-hmm. Then it would turn around down to Brooklyn Avenue. Brooklyn is now called Caesar. Chavez. <laughs> all right, Dad. This
1: is rapid fire questions. We got to get to the big stuff. Oh. Go okay, ahead. cool. Because we have a lot of listeners that are from India and Bangladesh, okay. oh. so they're probably like, I don't even know who those, those streets oh, oh, are. So, okay. you know. But anyway, if you're from Los Angeles, yes. you want to do some... Okay, well, thanks for that. Where were your parents born?
0: My mother was born in El Paso, Texas. Mm-hmm. My father was born in Deming, New Mexico. So they were the first generation. My grandparents, both sets of my grandparents' mother's side... And father's side were from uh, Mexico. They crossed, as luck would have it, they both crossed. Both sets of grandparents crossed the border at about the same time. During those are during the days of uh, Pancho Villa mm-hmm. down in and down in Mexico, and it was very difficult down there. It was, it was tough living in Mexico. Mm-hmm. So both my grandfathers decided let's let's move into into the United States. So they both crossed. It was about nineteen oh nineteen. 10, So how old 11. were they?
1: Were they already married by then?
0: No, no, no. My parents?
1: No, your grandparents. Oh,
0: yes, yes. My grandparents were married.
1: They were married when they crossed. They, had,
0: they were married. Uh-huh. Okay.
1: How old were they when they got married?
0: Oh, I couldn't tell you. Very, I'm assuming very young.
1: Very young. Okay, now did they walk across the border?
0: They, actually, they drove. Okay. They had an old touring car, they used to call them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they managed to find a touring car, and they, they drove across in those days. Yeah.
1: Okay, were your grandparents considered, at least back in the early 1900s, were they considered poor?
0: Oh, yes, sure. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Okay. Yes.
1: Now, who was your role model growing up? If you had to pick one, as a young yeah. boy, who'd you look up to?
0: Uh, My dad. Mm-hmm. My dad. I, my dad was my role model. I, I was very fortunate. My brothers and I were very fortunate. We had excellent parents. Mm-hmm. The vast majority of the children that I grew up with in the neighborhood, we all had good parents, pretty much. I'm going to say 95% of us.
1: Mhm. When you say good, what do you mean?
0: Uh th- th- it was a different time, a different era. The the uh the, the ethics were different, yeah. your moral values were different. So it's just what it was.
1: Yeah. I totally get what you mean. Give me one example what you mean. Uh give me an example of ethics that you had growing up that are different now.
0: Uh there was more conservatism. They were very conservative. As an example, my parents and all of my aunts and uncles, none of them, not any of them, used foul language. Mm. It was unheard of. Mm. Foul language just wasn't. And all my, in the neighborhood, all of the uh, parents of all my friends, they also, they never used foul language. Now you turn on the television and oh my goodness, it's totally, it's a totally different.
1: Yeah. But growing up, did the kids in your high school use foul language? No. Okay. Because no. this is what I disagree on when I watch television shows mm-hmm. and they'll do a television show of something in the sixties and they're cursing. I go, they didn't curse like that back then. And no. people will, will say, yes, they did. Teenagers did. I'm like, no, they didn't. No. Uh, right. Okay. No. So uh-uh.
0: that's her television.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, one more question. Maybe two, but what is your favorite book?
0: Ooh, I would have to say um Anne Rand. I'm gonna say Ann Rand. Okay.
1: I, is that the author? She's or the author, type? author Okay.
0: Ayn Rand A Y N Ayn Rand. And I've read all of her books, uh, mm-hmm. The Fountainhead, Capitalism, The Unknown Ideal. I and there there's a there's a group of people that are into mm-hmm. Ayn Rand. She's she's gone now, she's passed, but okay. she left her mark.
1: You are an avid reader. How many hours a day do you read?
0: Oh, maybe four, at least four hours a day.
1: Okay. And how long have you been reading? I mean, were you always like that, even as a young boy?
0: I learned to read in junior high school. Uh, Fortunately, as we all can remember, each and every one of us remembers the good teacher that you had could have been elementary, junior high, high school, could have been in college. For me, it was junior high. And it was Mr. McDonald. I was in the eighth grade. I hold was I? Like thirteen. He taught us English and how to read. He was very strict. There was no talking in his class. He just sat there and listened to the man. And uh, he—that's—that's he, that's when I learned to read. He taught us how to read hmm. the English language, and you know, my vocabulary, everything, the grammar, English grammar. It was yeah. So you had you all you always going to have that one good teacher that you have to be grateful for that you had
1: yeah. Okay, let's get into some deeper questions. Let's go back. Okay, so you had a sister growing up, and then she got ill. How old was she when she became sick?
0: Two years old. My sister was two. I have a I have a younger brother and an older brother, and I had an older sister. She was four years older. I was born in 1946, and she was four years uh, ahead of me. Mm -hmm. So uh, during those days, during the 1920s, 30s, and 40s, uh, childhood diseases were a fact of life, and you never know who in the neighborhood was going to get sick. Polio was the big one. Mm -hmm. Polio. Uh, When Dr. Salk came up with the Salk vaccine for polio, that was in fifty nineteen fifty two fifty three that was the biggest thing in everybody's life. You wow. cannot believe and now today we don't even think twice about polio mm-hmm. kids don't uh, and as far as that goes, uh chicken pox uh, measles mumps you don't think about it that your babies are born and they inoculate them. Mm-hmm. but in those days, kids got sick now, in my neighborhood, there were about uh, at least three kids that had polio. Uh. My age, kids that were my age that had polio, it was horrible, absolutely horrible.
1: So what did Aunt Patsy have?
0: Patsy, my sister, she contracted spinal meningitis. Mm-hmm. That was a little another nice little one. It, affects the, it affected her brain, so she never really uh, intellectually developed. She was, it was like being a baby. She was like a, a baby. My parents kept her at home. For 41 years. Mm-hmm. For 41.
1: Uh, so she passed at 41? Or f-
0: she was 41 when she passed away.
1: Got it. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. then I look at pictures and I look just like how she does. Yes. Because everybody's like, who do you look like, Joanna? I'm like, I would, would yeah. look like my it's, aunt.
0: Yeah. It's, it's in the bloodline. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah.
1: Okay. So you didn't really grow up with girls. That's what I'm saying. No. Yeah. So you had no, no idea what a girl was. No. Okay. Uh-uh. And so what was it like having two daughters and you're like, I don't know what a girl requires. Tell me about that or tell us about that.
0: Well, let me say to begin with, when uh, your mom and I decided, let's go ahead and have have children, I was had my fingers crossed hoping that I would get two daughters because I told my wife, we can't have an only child. I don't think it's fair to be an only child. So we have to have two. We'll have two. And I was hoping for daughters really and, and lucky enough I got my two daughters. Now people will ask, John, especially my Asian buddies, yeah. you don't want <laughs> you don't want to have a son? No, I do not. I never <laughs> wanted to have a son. Why not? Because I yeah growing up during the sixties, during the Vietnam War, okay, uh I saw the toll that it took on mothers who had to see their young teenage boys get drafted and off sent to Vietnam.
1: So when I was born in the seventies, you just still didn't know if there was gonna be a draft. Is that what you're saying? Or well, the way it is now, totally different.
0: I, I still still did not wanna didn't wanna chance that. Okay. Now we've been fortunate there has not been a draft since the sixties, started in the six and into the seventies and then they stopped it. But uh, Th- That's what uh, you would have mo- thought for a mother to see. Yeah, to to see your to see your child have to go off to the to the military. It wasn't what we wanted, but millions of us had to serve in the in the military.
1: That was the reason of wanting a boy, not because you wanted to learn of like what is it like to be
0: no I, around women. No, okay. I did not want my wife to have to cry on that day that her son is going to be eighteen years old and off he goes to fight some ridiculous war somewhere.
1: What's the biggest thing you learned about having girls?
0: Well, it's a, it's a totally different perspective. Uh, as you say, I grew up in a, in a male dominated uh, family. I have a lot of cousins. You have to remember, I'm pretty close to 28 cousins. I think, uh, 22 of us are boys. <laughs> about six of us were six of them were girls. Yeah. But, uh, For the most part, it was always around boys. Now, in my neighborhood, for the most part, all the families seem to have a lot of boys for some reason. There were a few girls, sure, there were, but not in my block, not where I lived. So, uh, but
1: what did you learn then?
0: Having you two girls, yeah. Oh my goodness, there's a lot. There's just there's so many things about the female psyche that we men just don't know, especially if you grow up in a male dominated family if you're born into a family of four boys and that's all you all you know is boys you don't know girls here here's an example uh watch this i know a fellow he grew up in a family of six there were five girls and he was the only boy he was the youngest he knew everything about women Mm -hmm. oh did he did he get all the women because Because he he would just listen growing Mm -hmm. up to his older sisters consequently, he knew a lot about women. He knew what to say, what not to say. He knew what they, you know, it just, so he had it made when it came to to being popular with the women. He knew what to do and how to say it because he he lived with it.
1: Well, I remember you telling me one time, you said, I don't see a difference between raising girls to boys, meaning like, this is my daughter, I'm going to treat her this way, and this is my son, I'm going to treat her this way. You You told me one time, I'm gonna treat you the same, so I'm mm-hmm. gonna treat you as if you were a boy. Yes, you know, so you yes. think that contributed to my personality.
0: Probably, yeah. We, yeah, we're all we're all a result of our uh, of our upbringing. All of us, whatever your history is, it's it, it's it's going to affect you. Yes, that's just the way it is. Uh, depending on what your parents do. Now we have parents with all kinds of backgrounds and different likes and dislikes, mm-hmm. and it's going to rub off on you one way or another. That's just, 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 just the way it is. As an example, uh, your mom and I, well, excuse me, I said that wrong. I never smoked. I don't Now Your mom smoked, but I never smoked. So I'm sure you used to see the fact that uh, growing up, you and your sister, dad never smoked and you saw the ill effect that smoking had on your mom. Mm-hmm. The smoking actually took your mom. That's what she, you know, she died of the smoking as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. But, uh. So, so there's just a lot of things. As an example, you want to go religious, you want to talk religion, it's up to you. I can tell you how we're, we we're different and how, yeah, mm-hmm. well, as an example, uh, I grew up in a Catholic family. All my relatives are Catholics. Okay. Almost all of them. And I have a lot of relatives. I left the Catholic Church when I was uh, in high school. I was about 16 years old. And one day I told my mom, that's it, I can't go anymore. Uh, uh," She said, well, okay. She said, Mm -hmm. that's fine. So now when you girls were little, your mom was was brought up Catholic. So she wanted to baptize you. And I said, please do me a favor. Let them grow older Mm -hmm. rather than baptize them as a baby.
1: Yeah. So we were about... Gosh, I was probably 10. That's right. You Mm -hmm. and your
0: sister, you were, what, 10? Your sister was 8? And then you chose, not only did you choose to be baptized, you chose your godparents. Mm -hmm. It was your choice, Mm -hmm. not ours. Most most kids don't get to choose.
1: Yeah, I think that's the biggest difference that I've noticed is that growing up, you and mom always let me make choices. And I think that's what allowed me to be a strong entrepreneur and make choices and speak Mm -hmm. up for myself Mm -hmm. and... Um, like whatever you want. And just like how your mother, my grandmother allowed you to leave the Catholic church, like, sure, whatever. Yeah. My mom, my mom never made me do anything. Let's say for example, it was Christmas and I didn't want to go to the family Christmas party. She'd be like, okay, that's fine. Yeah. Where there's other parents of no, you're oh. going to spend with the family. And it's yeah. like, I don't want to be there. You're right. Yeah. And so I, I appreciate that because yeah but that's not normal in this reality.
0: Yeah um your mom and I were not helicopter parents. We just were not. We we yeah. just we just look. Look, it's real simple. Uh, when when teenage girls start to date and they go out on a date,
1: yeah, let's talk about this.
0: Okay, there's there's an example now. You say, well, I want you home by ten o'clock or whatever, and all hell's gonna break. And loose no
1: man's you're... gonna date my daughter till she's well, forty.
0: Th- th- I don't understand that one. Why why guys say that? But uh, I want you home by eleven o'clock, and if not, oh, you... well. We used to tell you girls. Look, we know that the movie is going to be over at 10 o'clock, and then and you're going to want to have a soda pop after that. And when you get home, a you get home. soda pop. <laughs> oh,
1: <laughs> yeah, that
0: I give my age away? 1950, yeah. That I give my age away? I still say golly. I still say icebox. Are you kidding me? Icebox. <laughs> so. Uh,
1: the picture show? Okay,
0: But uh, I digress. The, the, the reality is it's real simple because, uh, Mothers, other mothers would say to your mom, they would say, "How can you allow yeah. your oh, daughters? All the time. Can, how can you allow your daughters to do uh, with this and that, and whatever?" <laughs> and and your mom always had the same answer. She
1: can do it anyway.
0: No. What? Well, that's no, what she would. No, what? No. No. Your mom would say, "Until our our daughters give us a reason not to trust them, we will always trust them." they they they're smart girls they're not that we can tell they're they sometimes you can tell you can pick up that one of your children is not too not too <laughs> oh, smart so you got to you know you have to bend the rules a little but uh, for the most part you girls are smart and we always trusted you you never gave us any reason to not trust you it was just a simple matter of trust
1: yeah my first boyfriend i was 11 and i see 11 year old girls now i'm like oh my gosh you're so young i was more developed maybe not physically but just like developed mentally and i was already having boyfriends and they would come over to the house and we'd be kissing right there in the little you know porch Mm -hmm. and the neighbors would call mom and say do you know what your daughter's doing and she'd go yep i know exactly what she's doing and i'm watching her and these parents our neighbors thought my mom was nuts yeah, you're cuckoo crazy. crazy you're crazy and my mom would tell them cuz i could hear her and say she's going to do it anyway so might as well let me see and watch her and i'm here supervising yeah. cuz your daughter's doing it she's just lying to you yeah. right and then so we grow up lying and always trying to peekaboo our way and i never had to peekaboo right you exactly. get what i'm saying yeah, yeah. Exactly. and i think that created um higher standards mm-hmm. in me Mm -hmm. especially dating. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, Mm -hmm. you were a, an electrician, right? Retired now. Retired. So you were used to being on job sites with a lot of men, yes. total construction sites where yes. the girls are walking by whistling. So there's a lot of male talk and you would tell us what the other men would say. And th- they would think you were nuts for the stuff that you were telling them. And so let's go here because when I tell people this, they think I'm absolutely nuts and that you were always open with sex and you weren't like wanting to shelter me from men. Right. Right. And um, so your guy friends thought you were. Oh,
0: yeah. Always.
1: Like what? You would let your daughter do that? And he's like, yeah. yeah. So tell us about that. Because you would always say and quote me if I'm wrong. I, want, I don't want my daughters sexually deprived.
0: Yeah, a lot. The vast majority of men, they live in this uh, with this idea and this little world that they have. That uh, my daughter's going to grow up to be a nun. Okay, she's going to graduate high school and go <laughs> into the nunnery. Gonna... <laughs> she's never going to be touched by a man. Now, I, I, cause, now this is the this is noontime talk for the most part. You're sitting around having lunch. Okay. You have a you have thirty minutes for lunch on a construction job, and you have your lunch bucket, and your guys start talking about whatever, and then I would say, well. My daughters are, uh, they're in their 20s and they're dating, they're in their 20s now, and uh, I hope they're having, I hope they're having sex, I hope, and the guys would just, what? (laughs) What What did you just say? Well, I hope my daughters are enjoying themselves sexually. what, 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 what do you get? Are you crazy? Now watch. Now watch how I tell them. Are you trying to tell me, George, that your 28-year-old daughter is not having sex? She's single, right? No, she's not having sex. She's 28. She's not having sex. Okay. All right, George. Fine. Let's move on. How about those Dodgers, huh? And that, that, that's the way it went. Yeah. And they would just look at you like you're silly. Of course, like, and then I would tell them, too, uh, I wanted two daughters. I didn't want sons. That alone, just guys look at you weird. Why would you not want to have a son? Well, I didn't want to have a son. And I was fortunate in that respect. But yeah, the, the attitude, oh, a lot of parents are, and I've worked with these guys. Some of these guys, wow, uh, you talk about the hypocrisy. There was one fellow, nice guy, electrician, middle-aged. His boys were in uh, parochial school. He got Okay, a co-
1: for people that don't know what that means. Per, cath-
0: par- religious, Catholic, got for, it, the, okay. most part, for the most part. Got parochial, got it. Parochial, uh, religious. In this case, it was a Catholic school. And uh the father Dominic called the the, the old man one day, hey we cut your son, he had a cigarette in his locker. Oh my god. Okay, so the next day when he comes to work this electrician tells us, he says, Oh boy, my son, I beat him up good yesterday. Boy I walloped him, I beat the living hell out of him. Gee, what happened? Call me from school they cut him he had a he had a cigarette in his locker and then and then, of course, I had to step forward and say, "But George, uh, you smoke what two packs a day that's that's different my My boys are not going to smoke the way I smoke. George, you're smoking two packs a day in front of your boys, but they can't, in other words, do as I say, not as I what are you really seriously? Uh-huh. But he beat the hell out of his boy because the boy got caught with a cigarette. But he didn't get it. He didn't get the picture that the fact that he was smoking two packs a day. Mm -hmm. But I don't want you to do it. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Okay. So the
1: same hypocrisy as I'm the father and I'm having sex and I'm enjoying women. But you can't enjoy sex because you're a girl. Yeah.
0: Right. That's ridiculous. Yeah. All all of that's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just just ridiculous. I don't
1: know. Okay. Well, you and I have talked about this before because I was just talking to a friend. He is a coach, but for couples, okay, okay, to keep them together. Mm -hmm. And I said something about, oh, I met this guy in Mexico or whatever. And he looks at me and he says, dang, Joanna, you get around. I go, get around? Like, what does get around mean? Right? And he's like, well, I don't know. I've only been with my wife. I'm like, you've only been with one person? And well, okay. Again, there was not any judgment. I was just surprised because in my point of view, he was not, he didn't seem like that type of character. Yeah. And then he asked me, well, how many have you been with? I'm like, oh, I don't know. We'll do the math, right? I'm, I'm 40. I'll be 43 if you do the math. Yeah. It's like, okay, it's only that many per year or something like that. And to him, it was like, <gasps> but I'm like, the point I'm trying to make is that I have a different point of view mm-hmm. about that and, yes. and about just being open and, and join men yeah. and their point of view or somebody else's is, yeah. it has to be very contrived and mm-hmm. um, conservative that way. Yeah. Um, but I do want to go back to you leaving the Catholic Church at 16. Mm-hmm. What was the reason for that?
0: Uh, again, once once I learned to read uh, when I was in junior high, by the time I got to high school, I increased my reading. I was reading more. Now, I always tell uh, the men on the job who have uh, uh, intelligent boys at home, It's more, usually boys, even girls, but especially the boy, they'll talk about, oh, my son, he's so smart, he's a straight A. And I used to tell, especially these that are the very religious type of guys, I tell them, look, George, do me a favor. Keep your son away from the public library. Well, what do you mean, John? Trust me, keep him away from the public library because that smart boy of yours is going to read and he may decide to leave Mm -hmm. your church and he's going to move on. Oh, no, he can't do that. Oh, no, that's just not going to happen. My son will never, I said, look listen to what i'm telling you you've already told me he's an intelligent young man he's a straight A student he's going to read and, and the more he reads the more ideas he's going to he's going to uh, uh, digest mm-hmm. and he's he may decide i don't you know family you're a very nice family and you're all episcopalians but i'm out of here i'm you know i'm no is, more
1: is there something you read that then what do you mean well, you're talking about this hypothetical person. Yeah. Is there something that you read that had you leave at 16? Well, I read a lot. Okay. Sure. Give me an example.
0: Uh, oh, my goodness. Yeah. A, a lot of different writers. And don't forget, a lot of it is just uh, common sense. A lot of it is common sense. Um, uh, the fact that the mass was held in Latin, the people who sit there, millions of Catholics had no idea what the priest so was saying. So you
1: went to mass in Latin?
0: In my days, the yeah. Latin, it was in Latin. Okay. And nobody knew what the heck the priests were saying. Mm-hmm. The idea was to sit there for an hour, and then you could go home. Mm-hmm. You were good. You were good, okay. Now, the other the other thing was the uh, in the Catholic Church, you can confess your sins, and you say a couple of prayers, and everything's good, and I'll see you next week and what do you do you confess the same sin again mm-hmm. <laughs> i mm-hmm. did the same thing well say two two hail marys and three our fathers and i'll see you again next saturday got it okay okay now that didn't make any sense to me at all so when you started you just started to, to question yeah uh, yeah really okay. yeah then mm-hmm. the, then you had the abortion issue mm-hmm. you know that wow to this day the catholic church is anti birth control no condoms.
1: But you just said that, you told me a couple of days ago that they're uh-huh. starting to change that a little bit.
0: Uh, they're a little bit, mm-hmm. starting to change a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. They have to, they have to now. Mm-hmm. The Catholic Church is starting to lose a lot of its congregants. They have to, they got to, yeah, and they have a big money issue right now in the Catholic Church. But... Uh, You know, even to this day, though a woman is not supposed to use birth control pills, Mm -hmm. and your husband he better not be using condoms. Mm -hmm. Okay. And
1: how many religions are there? You know, you told me how Mm -hmm. many religions.
0: Oh my God! On the planet. Oh, uh, there's uh, there's uh, it's been estimated probably maybe sixty thousand or so.
1: Yeah, everybody listen to that sixty thousand or or or
0: more. That number can be more. That number can be more, but
1: well, just. And if this is not about Catholic and, and not, yeah. but, but this is about, I think, just reading and being curious uh-huh. because you've also read the Quran,
0: mm-hmm. right? S- several times.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I'm just trying to get people to get to know who you are, mm-hmm. of how inquisitive you are, rather than just talking about a religion or talking about something and not knowing it. I mean, even down to the fact that you knew 9-11 was going to happen because you're reading. All mm-hmm. this stuff is not secret. Right. You're like, it's out there, everybody. Yeah. Yep. And all this. And... Um, I just wish I would have listened to you more often when I was younger because you even told me gold's gonna go up. This is like how long ago. And I'm like just a goofy twenty year old. I wish yeah. I would have purchased gold. Yeah. Um, but yeah, pretty much you've been right ninety nine percent of the time and it's not cause you're psychic, it's because you're you're reading and just, studying. Yeah, there's there's yeah.
0: It, look, if you can be <laughs> if you can be right, uh oh my goodness, if you can be right forty percent of the time, you're doing very good. Mm -hmm. Look, remember, uh, when a baseball player goes to bat, all he has to do is get a hit and and make it to first base. Does not have to hit a home run. Mm -hmm. Now watch. That baseball player only has to get to first base one out of three times at bat. Mm. So strikeout, strikeout, first base. They will pay you millions of dollars Mm -hmm. if you can do that. Mm -hmm. One out of three times at bat. I will pay you millions of dollars if you'll just make it to first base. You never have to hit a home run.
1: 33%. Just Ex- get.
0: So you're talking about 33% for a baseball player. Now you go over that a little bit. Whoa, if you can hit one out of every two times at bat, oh my goodness, then mm-hmm. you'll, be, you'll be the most famous person ever. Yeah, yeah. That, that, but we're just talking simple statistics here. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, th- that's just the way life is. It's a matter of statistics. Statistics. A lot. Of, a lot of life is, is logistics as to where you were born. Mm-hmm. Logistically, the fact that we live here in the United States, number one, number two, the fact that we live in California—not only California, but Southern California, sunny California—we don't have to. We don't have to shovel snow. Yeah. And it's just logistics. Mm-hmm. So that's a big part of your life. Okay. That's. That's just what it is. Uh,
1: well, that reminds me. I have a question for you. Growing up, was there a lot of racism?
0: Uh, it, it, it was different. It, it, how it, so? Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, answer, how so? The answer is yes. Take us there.
0: It, it, was just, it was just different. Uh, fortunately, as I said, I grew up in East Los Angeles in the Boyle Heights area. Now, we were a racially mixed. So in my high school at Roosevelt High School, uh, we were racially mixed. Oh, my God. We had Chinese, Russians, Jews, uh, uh, Latinos. We had uh, 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 African-Americans. We we were mixed. Uh We were already mixed. And mind you, back in the 60s, we already had interracial dating. That was Uh back in the 60s. Uh Okay. Now, my mom, may she rest in peace, (laughs) she was a God bless her. She was a racist. Uh Don't I dare bring home a Japanese-American girlfriend. That's not going to happen.
1: Mm-hmm. It know, was just, that, but that was that's just, just the way she was. That's, that's the her, way it was.
0: Her mother was a racist and she was a racist. So mm-hmm. uh, I always tell people, look, uh, each generation, better. you you hope it gets a little better. Yeah. And a little better. Yeah. And a little better. Mm-hmm. Okay. That, that's all you can do. hmm But
1: I remember you telling me one time that there used to be bathrooms that said brown only, whites only.
0: Oh, uh, no. no. No, down south. No, that was in the south. No. Not here. No, no, not here. Not in California. No. Somebody
1: told me that no, was it you. Or was that a no, a I. myth. Okay. No. Because I thought I. maybe it was just black and white. No, no,
0: no, 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 no. What? Uh, the first time I actually saw that, as I say, I did my two years in the navy, and I was down in uh, in the south, in Mississippi, Louisiana, and the first time you actually see it. You see that sign everywhere, Mm -hmm. whites and coloreds, whites. Mm. Of course, as a Latino, the first thing I asked my buddies, my Latino buddies, which one do we use? Mm -hmm. Okay, And I said, well, try the whites and see what happens. (laughs) (laughs) Just try and see what happens. But that's the way it was. Mm -hmm. Now, insofar as racism, look, um, uh, it was in the late 60s. I wanted to rent an apartment in the city of Montebello. Montebello right here up the street in the 60s, they would not rent to Latinos. The lady asked me, what is your name? What is your last name? Hmm. And you could see the look in her eye and said, oh, uh, we don't have any more. Well, there's a sign out there that says vacancy, right? I said, okay, thank you. You know, okay, no big deal. Just move on. Don't, don't fight like it. the
1: movie Selena when they were going to perform and then they show up okay so, <laughs> i thought they were italian yeah okay. so
0: so you know so you have that uh i was in the late 70s i i wanted to uh i was already a journeyman electrician but i wanted to be a police officer for a couple of months la uh la county deputy sheriffs when i went in mm. for the oral interview i think That's i right. told you that story yeah the fellow that was interviewed, and those days, this is the 70s. They were not hiring minorities. They just weren't very, very few. Just enough to be on the books, maybe one or two. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's the way it was. Yeah, that was in the 70s. Mm-hmm. But uh, this is the other time that I that I felt that I was actually felt prejudice when I went. And those days, uh, we still smoked in the offices. Everybody smoked. So I walk in and it was a big redneck. <laughs> copy is about six foot four, big guy from the south. Okay, so I sit there, and then there you have the the girl from the uh, personnel. She has to sit there also. I felt sorry for her, but anyway, uh, the uh, the police officer oh, he's reading it, and he's got that cigarette in his mouth. Fargas, huh? <laughs> uh, yes, sir. Is uh, that a Mexican name? <laughs> uh, sir, it, it's it's a Hispanic name. Yes, sir. <laughs> Ah, here you go, the cigarette. Do you speak Mexican? Uh, (laughs) Sir, I I speak Spanish. (laughs) Yes, I speak English, Spanish, and sign language. Ah, Well, if your partner didn't speak Mexican, would you be speaking Mexican? (laughs) Now, at this point, I'm thinking, is he testing me? Yeah. Or is he just a redneck? Yeah. So I I had to go along. I wasn't (laughs) sure maybe he was testing me. Of course, I had been tipped off in the waiting room. There were a couple of young boys in there. Oh God! If you get room number three, the guy that's in room number three, <laughs> and I got room number three. Oh man! So anyway, uh, I I thought, well, maybe I was. I almost wanted to tell him, you know what? I don't need this job. But I, but I just kept going with the interview. It was it was. I just felt so sad for the young girl that was next to him. She had to she had to put up with this guy all day long. Mm-hmm. You know. So of course they didn't hire me, you know. They no, we're not. They they come up with an excuse as to why they can't hire you, you know, but that's that's okay. Uh w- whatever. So, you know, what are you, what are you gonna do?
1: Yeah, it worked out. We were like, But now
0: and now today, are you kidding me? Number one, they can't find police officers. Number two, if you're bilingual, if you're <laughs> yeah, tri- tri- bilingual. if you're <laughs> trilingual, oh my goodness, they will jump on you so fast, make your head spin. Mm-hmm. Here in the city of Alhambra, they hired an Older Asian-American fellow. He is in his 60s. As a, really? As a, pli- yeah, so- he's here working for uh, Alhambra PD. Forget his name now. Wow. Uh, they needed, guess what? They needed By some um, Chinese speaking, Mandarin. Can you, we, we got to do something. Well, here's this fellow, older. But he's, they said, we don't care. Fine, put on a uniform and we need you for translations. We need you out there on the street. So it's changed. It uh-huh. has changed. That's just all that, that's all that's happened. It's just different. But it was it was different back then. So, of course, your mom was happy that I did not get the job. She didn't yeah. want me to be a police officer. I said, look, I'm only going to do this for a few years. I just want to be able to say that I used to be a police <laughs> officer. You know, I'm always going to go back to my, uni- my local union doing yeah. electrical work. But mm-hmm. anyway, so that's what it was.
1: <laughs> you and I are the same. I just want to try it for a little yeah, bit. just
0: try just it. Just try okay. it next. No, 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 <laughs> no big, big deal. deal. <laughs> yeah, the other issue is as an electrician, I also work for the city and the county. Okay. So I used to go in and out, in and out. I go to the city, I go to the county, and I work for a few months and I leave. And uh, the employees that are there that are working the civil service jobs, how do you you manage to hire in like whenever you want? I said, well, because I know the answers to the test. (laughs) I read, are you ready for this? I read a lot. I read a lot. I study a lot. I know everything there is to know about electrical. I can pass any test. And if I score less than 97, I'm mm-hmm. not happy. Mm-hmm. 97. And usually, if I score like a 97, it's because a couple of the questions on the test were bad. They were they were typographical errors and mm-hmm. something, and I can't figure it out, whatever. <laughs> but anyway.
1: You're so Sheldon from uh, yeah, the exactly. Big Bang Theory. <laughs>
0: exactly. So, yeah, that, that's just the way. But uh, civil service employees, once they get hired, they're not they're leaving, leaving that job. Ju- I've been hired with the county as an electrician. Probably 12 times. The city, probably another 12 times. In and out. I just go in and out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I because I can pass the test. Most guys have difficulty passing the test. So once they tests.
1: pass, they're like, I'm in, I'm not going to. Once gonna...
0: you're in, man, these guys, if yeah. you score 70, you're in. 70 and up, you're in.
1: You just heard part one of the interview with my dad. Really excited because the next couple days, part two will be coming out on episode 38. Please look out for it. And after you hear both of them or just one, DM me on Instagram. Let me know what your takeaway was. And if you want more, would love to hear from you.